Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. Today on the show is Sean Perrett. Sean's a business owner here in Canterbury with a wide range of experience in carpentry. We talk about what he's learned over the years from starting out as a kid doing some weekend work for pocket money, now to running a successful construction business. As you're about to hear, Sean is a classic Kiwi character and I really enjoyed yarning with him about his story and listening to how his hard work is paying off. Introducing Sean today is a quote from the man Richard Branson and that is to train people well enough so they can leave but treat them well enough so they don't want to. Sean, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. How good is it that uh, work takes you to mint places like Lake Chikapo? Yeah, g'day, Adam. Um, yeah, it's pretty unreal, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> would have never thought you'd come this far just being a miserable old chippy, but uh, <laughs> we've, we've sort of found a bit of a niche um, ourselves. So, um, yeah, we specialise in the cladding scene and... Um, yeah, it takes us to some pretty cool places, including Tikapo and and the likes of that. So, I'm oh, pretty excited to be involved with um, your podcast too. So, thank you. Oh, no worries, man. So, what what's your project in Tikapo? Is it like a what do you got going on there? Uh, so we've got a um, we've got a house down here that we're cladding for a particular housing company that we do a lot of work for. Um, it's a vertical shiplap. It's uh, a bodo cladding. So it's a thermally okay. treated pine. Um, so I think it's reasonably new to the market. There's not a lot of exposure of it at the moment, so it's pretty cool to be involved with a pretty, pretty new and exciting product. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. So um, tell me about yourself, Sean. I've known you for a wee while now. I did some work with you and for you, so... Uh, give us a bit of your backstory. Who who are you, and um, even what's your what's your current gig? Um, I know you got your own business there, so let us let us. Yes. Know. So um, yeah, originally I just um, grew up on a small deer farm down in Mid Canterbury, um, and I've always enjoyed the building scene. Uh, and I was, did a lot of building during the school holidays, sort of since I was a young fella. Yeah, and um, yeah, always been involved with the building right through to the end of school. Uh, and then after school, I actually um, actually joined the air force. I was involved with that for sort of three or four years. Uh, and then left there. I learned some great skills, made a lot of great mates. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, I need to come out and get a get a trade behind myself, really going forward in this life. So. Uh, did my trade, got qualified, then um, sort of just worked my way up the ladder really and got myself licensed and were working for an outfit that um, they were sort of forced to shut the doors um, at a point in time. So we were all sort of turfed out and um, so I thought, well, that was pretty average. don't really want to go through that again. <laughs> so ended up um, starting my own business. So I had a lot of good mates around us at the time. 
um, and sort of said, hey, we heard that you've been, you know, made redundant. You know, they had a few odd jobs that they needed doing and being qualified and licensed, um, you know, I was, I was in a good position to help help all the lads out as they were throwing work my way as well. So, yeah, yeah and then just grew from there and started my own thing and we sort of, we got sick of competing on the same front with all the other chippies. Um, so we sort of found a bit of a, bit of a sub trade, yep. so to speak, and um, started up sort of under, under the umbrella, just doing the cladding. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of our, that's our main gig now. It's um, just doing cladding. We still do the odd house here and there for the boys you know, for, we still put a few fellas through their apprenticeships and things like that. So it's good yep. exposure for them to do their housing housing work as well. But um, yeah, our main main line of work is um, a lot of the James Hardy products from your from your linear and oblique and things like that, right through to cedar. Yep. We do a lot of cedar and timber weatherboards as well. So yep. yeah, that's about where we fit into the scene. Nice. So it's definitely sort of cladding in a relation to a building trade, isn't it? I mean, like you say, you're doing, you're working with timber, um, but you've also done other things like um, a stone panel and that kind of stuff in the past. Or, um, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've done um, we've done some some sort of intricate um, architectural sort of designs before as well. Yeah, I've always got a. I've always got something exciting going on in the architectural scene, yep. some sort of new uh, product. But um, yeah, main line would be the be the James Hardy range and um, sort of cedar. And then yeah, but I think once you get to a point um, doing cladding, you know, I think you know enough about weatherproofing and your in your products that. I don't think it really matters what the product is going forward. They're all sort of, they sort of have the same sort of theory. And as long as I comply them with E2 and brands yep. appraisal, I don't really see an issue with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Do you have a favorite one to, to put up? Oh, to be fair, I love the cedar. Yep. Right. Yeah. Love yep. the smell of it, the look of it. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a bit of a maintenance pain in the neck, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's something a little bit therapeutic with working with that in there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a mint product to work with. It's uh, it's quite, especially in the last few years, almost post kind of um, Christchurch earthquake 2011, it's like um, kind of defined itself as the sort of um, must-have cladding, really, isn't it? It's almost yeah. like taken on yeah. its own as where if you sort of think of the kind of ideal... New Zealand house, it's probably got some cedar on it now, doesn't it, really? Oh, it probably yeah. does, yeah. 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 No, yeah. That, and if anyone wants to dress up their house from just a standard spec house to make it a little bit more bit more dressier, they go and bang a bit of cedar on the front of it, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So put it this way, half of my house is cedar, so I don't mind it. Yeah, there you go. So how <laughs> how how was that? That that um that was last year, wasn't it? You built your own house. Um, yeah. How did that go? I mean, that's that's a dream of a lot of tradesmen, you know, to get to that stage where they can put up their own house and design it. Were you a bit of a um, perfectionist in the design stage? Like you knew what you wanted pretty well? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I even um, even told the architect at one stage he was a bit of a twat and had no <laughs> idea 
<laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, um, no, I was pretty, pretty anal about that. To be fair, um, and, yeah, there's just lots of things they don't quite, they don't quite see in their CAD program to what actually works on site. So, yeah. I think at the end, of the, if you've got an idea that works in your head and you do it all day, every day, I wouldn't be afraid to tell those tell anyone else you know it's your house yep. you've got to look at it so you tell them what's what i reckon yeah too right yeah so yeah so how was that process that that workout good i mean it was it a bit strange you know building your own house I and mean, then you're doing it all day every day for some other bloke and then you know finally it's yours it must be pretty cool yeah uh i think the couple of the biggest frustrations were just around um you know, the time the time management on your own place, you know, if you're trying to build it Saturday, Sunday, yeah, there's a point there where we just seen nothing happening, especially once you've got your frames up and roof on. Yeah. You know, there's lots of stuff that happens inside that you, you know, you just don't see going on. Mm. Whereas if you're on a if you're on a building site all week, you you make good progress from Monday to Friday. Yeah. But when you're just trying to do it Saturday, Sunday and you're already already beat from the week before especially for myself because i do all my own quoting and invoicing after hours yeah <laughs> quite often i end up doing that on saturdays or sundays but then all of a sudden you know i'm trying to build my own house she um she got a bit heat that yeah and uh, we did actually end up pulling the boys off um off some well we had a bit of a quiet spell and we yeah. put instead of letting the guys just leave them at home we pulled them pulled them out to our place and actually worked out quite well and we managed to punch in a few hours um, and got it knocked out in a reasonable time so that was but in saying that I think it still took a good seven months before we could move in so mm, okay um, yeah if it was just your standard cookie cutter house you know a housing company would probably have that done in four yeah so we're it still nearly took twice as long as what it would to to get someone else in but oh, I don't know I think it's um, there's something about rolling up in your driveway looking at your house and going shit yeah I built that yeah fucking hell yeah especially when yeah. when you know that you've you walk around that house and you know you've touched every single part of it you know it's pretty cool yeah I guess a lot of people don't get to experience that you know you have a much sort of greater sense of belonging in a place that you've put together with your own hands so yeah yeah, and a, yeah a greater sense of pride in it too that um you know that we built it built it ourselves we didn't just walk in and pay five percent deposit to some housing group and you know it got built yeah exactly yeah that's right so did you build yourself a bit of a man cave as well uh not yet so we're no. still planning on putting a shed out the back and um yeah yeah, I think I think the shed we're looking at it's about 130 squares. So, right, uh, there there should be enough room left in that for a bar and a pool table and um, <laughs> chuck a few darts around. I'd say. Yes, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So, take me back to the to the good old bad old days when you first started off. I mean, you're saying you you sort of. Um, Started off when you were a young fella, even at school, school holidays. Were you sort of yep. brought into building through through like a family member who was into it, or do you have mates doing it, or how how did you get your first um, sort of gig, and then and then going through sort of 
how did you start your apprenticeship? Obviously, that happened after the Air Force, but um, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. So, um, yeah, originally, shit. It goes back. Um, probably goes back to when I was about thirteen. I think it was. Right. And we're on a we're on a small farm, and the old man gave me an ear rifle to shoot some birds and stuff out in the backyard, and then um, one day I went and went to shoot a bunny, and yep. um, shot it, and the pellet just bounced off it. So I went back to the old man and I was like, oh, this ear off was useless. I want a better one. Yeah. Uh, and so then he just um, he just sort of put down the paper and looked at me and goes, well, I've given you one. If you want another one, go bloody work for it and go get your own one. <laughs> yeah. So oh, as stubborn as I was back then, I said, right, I'll get a job. So, um, yeah, we had a family friend who was a, who was a builder and he was sort of, he was almost retired. Used to make a lot of garden furniture in his spare time, so oh, yeah. I said to, said to the old lady, I was like, "Right, give give old Liz a ring. I want a job." <laughs> so um, she, she spoke to him, and he's like, "Yep, I got a got a pole shed. I got to start next week. Um, he can come give us a hand on that." So I was like, "Oh, well, school holidays next week." So yeah, and that's when it started, and then um, yeah, I guess um, being thirteen year thirteen years old and must have still been at intermediate or something and yeah. actually having some money rattling around in my pocket to go buy lollies. I reckon I was the coolest kid at intermediate. I reckon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then it sort of just, I oh, just like being in the outdoors and, yeah, good um, good hard days work never killed anyone, I reckon. So, yeah, I, I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it getting in and, yeah, so um, it sort of just grew from there and, and then ended up working for a couple other fellas around the local town, and um, yeah, we built a few dairy sheds and things like that with one outfit. So I was, um, you know, every school holidays would come around, and they'd basically ring me on the Friday before the school holiday started, saying, "Are you coming in at seven o'clock in the yard on Monday?" <laughs> so yeah, and I'd say, "Shit, yeah, I'll be there with bells on." So. I didn't even have a license. The old man had to drop me off before he went to work and then pick me up after work. <laughs> That's all right. But you were definitely keen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was into it. And then um, just sort of progressed from there. And then, of course, you know, been a farm boy. I wanted a truck. And mum and dad said they'd buy me a car. And I was like, no, nah, I want a truck. So the old man said, oh, well, you better start working. Yeah. So, yeah, so just chipped away like that. And then, yeah, and then after school, um, yeah, I uh, was accepted into the Air Force and was in there for three years as a aircraft technician and then an aviation refueler and did my truck licenses and stuff as well. And, right. and then left there, come back out, and um, I was like, sure, I don't know what I want to do. I'll be um, straight back into the building gig. So yeah, went went down and seen one outfit and said, hey, you got any jobs going? And they said, oh, not too sure. We'll give you a shot for a week. So they gave us a sh- gave us a shot for a week, and uh, by I think it was by Tuesday night they called me into the office, and I was like, "Oh, Jesus, can't be going good." I'm the second day in, I'm already in the office. This is <laughs> this is no good. Yeah. Um, but they said, "Oh, nah. Um, what we want to do is we want to keep you, and you can do your apprenticeship, and we'll pay for it." Awesome. So I said, "Oh, sh- should have brought this." Um, that's a heck of a, heck of a change for what I thought this meeting was about. <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, I was pretty lucky there, and they pay for my night classes and that to get all my bookwork done. And so yeah, I blew through that pretty quick. Um, didn't didn't really muck around on that. Uh, I thought the, they paid you. They paid you as you got more stuff signed off. You basically got to pay Roz. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, was, I was like, well, the longer you shag around, the longer you're on shit money. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd better get into it and get it done, and then I can start earning some decent tin. So yeah, yeah, and then uh, we knocked that out reasonably quick, and um, I actually left partway through my apprenticeship with those guys. They were doing a lot of light commercial and commercial stuff, like dairy sheds and things like that, yeah. um, which is awesome experience. So I can't can't fault them on that because I got. I don't think there'd be many other places you could go to get that sort of experience. Um, you know, yeah. standing massive massive steel portals, things like that. But yeah, and it was it was within a small enough company that you know you weren't just a a commercial ant just running around on the ground. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Sure. Uh, and then um, went work for another fella who's a couple of years older than me that I knew, and um, we built a lot of lot of sort of spec houses for a couple of housing groups around town. So. Yeah, within within no time, I'd done half a dozen houses, and the apprenticeship guy came out and seen us, and he said, "Oh, yeah, no, you're all over it." Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then that was that ticked off, and worked for a couple other outfits after that. It's sort of like a junior foreman, then a foreman, um, and then I went and done my, got my license, licensed building practitioner. Um, and that's, yeah, not long after that, that's when uh, the company I was working for sort of made us all redundant. So I was like, well, okay, I'll do my own thing from here on out, I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool, yeah. though. Like, definitely from your apprenticeship or from the experience you have, like you say, doing doing dairy sheds, you've definitely got a few sort of um, arrows in your quiver. You know, you've done a lot more experience than what um, – than what a lot of guys get to do, which is quite cool, especially if you're sort of you're like like yourself brought out in the countryside. You're sort of you're doing that sort of work, and then you can come in town and and get on a million dollar house and go just as well, you know. Which is yeah, which is pretty good. You're not sort of a one man band, which I guess sort of um, lends you towards you know having a silver lining out of that situation where you get laid off, but you've sort of there's enough about you to start yourself up and and uh get after it so yeah cool. yeah no i was def- definitely pretty fortunate there and um you know like some days it's pretty average working in pit run and in the rain and trying to drive pegs into compacted river fill but yeah you know i would i can't fault it for the experience that i had and um you know and all the guys there were all good lads too you know yeah um it just good, just good normal Kiwi lads. That, you know, always give each other a bit of shit, but you know they give it as well as they can take it. And um, you know, there's never really any dust ups or you know, it's just good clean banter. Yeah, yeah. I think I think's, I think's lacking these days. Everyone's a bit offended. Yeah, it is a bit, eh? And even just that kind of um, that ethic that you would have got from working with a crew like that you know i know from my experience um there's nothing better than 
when you get together with a bunch of lads like that and everyone's just going for it and you get to the end of the day and you're all absolutely shagged, but there's no better feeling than just putting in a in a real good shift with a bunch of good lads. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good it's good cracking it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um any good stories from back in those days? I'm sure there were a few laughs oh. where you were uh, they weren't so uh offended. Putting up cow sheds. Jeez. <laughs> um, oh, just trying to think of some good chat. But, <laughs> I'm um, sure. Um, well, why don't, why, yeah. why don't we go to, um, I mean, you obviously had some, some mentors back in those days, which sort of helped you on your path um, from, you know, putting together garden furniture to doing sheds to yeah. whacking out spec houses. Was there any kind of moments that stood out for you in your apprenticeship where you thought um, where you kind of, um, yeah, I don't know, you got some good advice and something that stuck with you to this day, whether it be, you know, how you work or how you sort of deal with now your own apprentices or whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like my foreman always told us, like just you know, get your paperwork done on your apprenticeship. You know, get your qualification, get it knocked out. Because so once you got it, you got it. And um, you know, he said the same. Like the faster you get through it, or the, the you know, the faster you get your things signed off. Yeah. You um, you know, you get a pay rise. So why why sit around and just muck around? You know, you want to get better pay. That's what every apprentice complains about is the shit pay. Yeah. But yeah. then but then you go home, you just sit on the couch on Facebook, like, do some book work, man, and fucking, you know, next time the assessor comes around, he signs you off on a heap of stuff. Yeah. If your yeah. boss doesn't give you a pay rise on that, well, you know, it might be up to you to look somewhere else. But yeah, um, you need to, you know, I reckon, get that stuff knocked out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know from... Uh, from my experience with some with some of the younger guys, like we're right now at the time of this recording, we're sort of just in a post lockdown world, and there's a there's a whole bunch of apprentices who have had a whole month to basically, yeah. essentially, they could have knocked out a whole lot of book work, and um, yeah, and there's a few lads I've talked to who have come back from that would be like, oh yeah, I looked at it for a couple of hours, and that was about it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, man, yeah. that would have been the perfect time. You got like a whole month of a block course, basically, and you're, uh, yeah. you know, get into it. But, um, yeah. Because um, my, my apprentices as well, I, I sort of come up with the same sort of scheme. And my apprentices, they they get uh, 10 cents, 10 cents a unit that's signed off. Okay. So if they get, if that old mate comes around, he signs off 10 units, which is not that hard, you know, because he's your practical and your theory. Yeah. So if he signs off, you know, five of one, five of the other, it's a dollar pay rise, bang. Yeah. Coming. Yeah, that's good, you know, especially, I mean, it depends who you do it with, but I th I'm, from the top of my head, I think there's about 29 units in your apprenticeship. Yeah. You know, so there's a yeah. $3 pay rise over, you know, a couple of years if you can, if you can hustle on it. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what more and incentive then, do you want? And then it's performance based as well. Look, if you if you yeah. already know all your stuff about, say, tying steel and doing boxing, 
Yeah. And then you've gone from one job where, you know, you're the apprentice and you're pretty average. Then the next one you do, you're like, shit, this guy's onto it. Yeah. You know, most, most bosses, they're usually pretty good. Like that people too at the end of the day. So yeah, they'll, um, they'll notice stuff like that. And they'll be like, Hey, old mate's onto it. He's come a long way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't doesn't take much to get an extra fifty cents or something in your pay, does it? No, no, yeah, yeah. Which all helps out. Yeah, no, for um, sure. And then the other the other bit of advice that um, one of the fellas always gave us, also the foreman, he was like, would just just sort of work as if it was your as if it was your sort of business, and mm-hmm. um, sounds pretty cliche, and it's fucking. That's pretty much what everyone says, but well, I don't know. I think it does get noticed, you know. I know yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know, I know our, our lads pretty good that we've got now, and they always put in a hundred percent. And it doesn't take much thought like, if you put them next door to someone else, and your boys are doing a hundred percent. It's real obvious when someone else is putting <laughs> in sixty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That that sort of I guess that's the perennial question i know i'm finding it i'm in a different kind of situation than you are you're you're a business owner but i guess even for me it's maybe even a bit harder because you're in a position to kind of do something about it but it's kind of that um that challenge of getting guys to give a hundred percent when they don't really have skin in the game if you know what i mean yeah um it's that kind of age-old thing isn't it and you know, myself as a foreman, I can't really say, hey, you know, get this unit signed off or do this and that and you're going to get a bit of a pay rise or, you know, you'll you'll get a bit of a tool allowance or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, like you say, you, you give them incentives for, for working hard, which I think is um, is about all you can do really, eh? But, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a hard one, isn't it? You know, how do you, how do you really – what I say to, to some of the apprentices on, on micro, it's like – Look, I can I can teach you the skills of the trade. I can teach you how to build, but I can't tell you how to love it. You know, I can't tell you how to be passionate about what you're doing. And at, that, at the end of the day, that's probably what's going to get you up every morning. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I also think it's um it's a little bit up to the, up to the workplace as well. If you um you sort of got to create a bit of a culture where all the lads are included. Yeah. Um. You know, otherwise it just turns into a sort of a mundane job where you turn up, you know, 7.30 till 5, you know, oh, what's the boss doing? The boss isn't here till 9 o'clock. You know, oh, that guy's just sleeping in. What a lazy prick. Yeah. You know, but if you can create a bit of a culture with all the lads and, you know, include them in, sh- in stuff as well. And, you know, like we've got – um we've created spreadsheets now for basically – live live tracking of a job right down to the days for um you know how much money's left in a job and yeah you know all the all the invoices that come in from your placemakers and your ITMs and stuff they're all they're all accounted for against every job and you know like I show that to the guys as well and be like hey we've made this much on that job or you know and then right they can see as well what's coming and going if because they don't, they don't really get it if, oh, you're a bit slow and then the boss turns out and goes, oh, you freaking lazy bricks, you've cost me money. Gets yeah. in his ute and just burns off and you're like, oh, that guy's a cock. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, like if you see a job and, you know, you just have a civilised conversation that, 
hey, look, you boys are costing us 10, this is how much we've lost on this job. They'll be like, oh, shit, sorry, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. Just, just including them as well, I think that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, getting that that camaraderie, if you can develop that, then you, you can get guys who, who want to do a good job for you, not just because of the money, but just because they like yeah like you as a bloke, you know, which is uh, probably the way we should be doing it. Yeah, that's ideal. Well, yeah, everything always gets done a bit better if you got – it's because they're, they're never going to have – well, I'm not going to say never, but now they may not have the opportunity to have, um, you know, financial – skin in the game but there's no reason why they can't have personal skin in the game you know yeah definitely yeah yeah it's it's getting it's getting people to see even in general at whatever level you're at it's um like that advice that you were given kind of treat it as your own it's more like developing habits isn't it really you know like if you're gonna yep kick shit around the site when you know you're on wages and it doesn't really matter too much how much uh how much work you're getting done. It's like, you know, don't think that that attitude is going to change like a magic wand when all of a sudden it starts becoming your responsibility, you know, like you've developed that sort of work ethic over a number of years. It's like, uh, you know, you'd rather hit the ground running, wouldn't you, when you are uh, when you get to that stage? Yeah, yeah, and, and like you say before, we're just coming, at the time of this recording, we're just coming out of a lockdown. Um, we've all been sitting at home for... Um, what four weeks where we couldn't even go to work yeah so i think like we sort of looked after our guys pretty well we still gave them you know we gave them 80 percent of their pay still even though they're sitting at home yeah uh which a lot of us here now a lot of people weren't um so we've sort of looked after them and i think it goes full circle really um and you know if they are they are starting to play out. We say, hey, look, man, what's going on here? You know, like, we've been good to you. What, yeah. What are you up to? Yeah. And I think they sort of see the light pretty quick and go, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of line. Definitely, yeah. I think it's, I mean, in this environment, a lot of even our generation haven't really been through a, a proper recession in that sort of way. So it changes the perspective a little bit, that's for sure. Um, yeah. About you know how grateful you are to have that job that uh, you know you either want to or don't want to be there. It doesn't really doesn't really matter too much when you uh, when it's as tight as it is now. How how do you find um, has COVID put a bit of a halt on your future workflow or or at all? Um, it sort of put a bit of a halt on our sort of our, quite possibly a five year plan. Yeah. Uh, overall, but um, I, don't, I think the construction sector is pretty solid, really. Yeah. Um, and the amount of people involved in it is, is one of those sectors they can't just let flop either. Mm. Um, you know, from everyone, just from everyday chippies or, you know, labourers right through to sparkies, plumbers, you know, painters, plasterers, everyone, like they're all involved in the construction. So if construction fell over, it wouldn't just be the builders that have no work. It'd be, geez, it'd be ninety percent of the economy, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely um, it's uh, interesting times. That's for sure going forward. But yeah, you know, that's why that's why going back to sort of how you want your lads to be on site. It's like 
now's a real good time to, to realize that you need to kind of uh, put your hand up or um, at least separate yourself from Joe Bloggs because if it's going to get real tight, then you better be good. You know, that's that's a great yeah. thing I find about construction. It's, I mean, I can't say too much for other industries, but um, you can't really hide in construction, you know. Uh, no. it's, it's really about competency and if if you're not good you can't sort of uh talk your way out of it <laughs> yeah no, yeah you have you to can't break. Just wing it can you no yeah. you sort of have to bring it or you're not going to be doing all that much so yeah um, that's uh, I, that's what i love about this game to be honest because you know there's some fast talkers out there but yeah when the rubber hits the road um we know who comes yeah. out on top it's the guys who can get it done every day so um, yeah, definitely sorts the boys and the men pretty quick. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, tell me a little bit about yourself going into business and the kind of strategies that you have to, like you say, we've talked a little bit about your leadership of your guys, but um, I mean, starting up yourself, did you have a sort of business coach or um, anything like that to try and develop your business? I know you've been putting in a lot of work lately to find a bit of a niche in the market and you've been hammering at that pretty pretty well and doing quite well for yourself i mean i don't i don't want to everyone to know your success stories and your secrets but, uh yeah uh yeah well when we um when we first cracked into it uh what was that that was i must have been should i must have been about 24 25 yeah, when I cracked into it, um, followed up my own business, and we're still going now. So that's um, that's sort of reassuring. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the biggest, the biggest rule, I think, might have been the old lady told me. She's like, just make sure money coming in is always more than money going out. Yeah, yeah. I was like. Okay, sweet. Thanks. Yeah. Like, how do I go about that? And she's like, I just whatever you're in, just make sure there's more coming in than going out. Otherwise, it doesn't work for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, we've always sort of tried to focus on that. You know, like, like most businesses out there, we use um, you know online accounting systems. We you know we use zero. A lot of people use MYOB. Yeah. But um. On there, they've all got the graphs of what's coming in each month, what's going out. You know, you load everything into it, yeah. and you can sort of you can sort of get a bit of a gauge. And we've um, we've built up our business. We didn't um, we didn't raise any capital or get any massive debt or anything from the bank or any of that. So a lot of it's just been cash, really. Yeah. Um, so it was just started reasonably small. You know, it was just myself and. Yeah, um, had a had a ute, and then um, you know I realised I couldn't do everything by myself, so I had to you know got a young fella, uh, you know, and it just sort of grew from there. Yeah, um, and uh, just yeah, just chipping away, and you know we kept in touch with our accountant. Um, this year we got ourselves a business coach. Yeah, uh, or this year and uh, in the last year, yeah, so. We were working with him for probably about a good six months, and uh, a lot of people say they're a bit eerie fairy or whatever. But yeah. you know, that's it's someone 
someone to hold you accountable mm. and and they make you write a lot of stuff down so okay. you have these good ideas and then you're like oh yeah, yeah i'll get around to that but if you write <laughs> on a whiteboard if you write on a whiteboard and then you end up looking at it every morning, you're like, shit, I better do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like you'll have a Zoom meeting with them once a week or once a fortnight. And old mate will be like, have you done this? And you'll be like, oh, nah, I haven't. And he'll be like, why not? What are you up to? <laughs> you know, you're paying me to, you're paying me to come up with these systems and you're not even doing it. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Like, yeah. What, what the hell? This is my business and I'm saying sorry to him. How does that work? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but if if it was your missus that said, "Oh, babe, you got to do this," you'd be like, oh, fuck, "Just give us a break. I'm just having a beer on the couch." Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, it's you prob- good yeah, to she'd, have. She'd probably end up saying sorry to you, but you know, if it's <laughs> someone else, yeah, um, it's the other way around. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think you know if you if you haven't got the experience in business, I definitely I'd recommend a business coach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Definitely like a fresh pair of eyes that sort of isn't going to just be a yes man for you, I guess. Eh? And, yeah. and it lets you look at it objectively because I can imagine it's um, pretty easy to get caught up in it uh, and, and having that different perspective. I could imagine that's definitely. Yeah. Up. And when, when you start your own business, you're like, oh, yeah, this business is great. You know, like no one's ever thought of this. Yeah. And then. Um, you know, you look at it with rose-tinted glasses and then you go and see a business coach and he's like, hold on, I've just done a Google search and there's 20 other of these businesses exactly the same, you know, in your suburb. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so they – um, and they're not usually too afraid to say, hey, that's a shit idea, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether – they probably won't just poo-poo your whole business, but just some of your ideas <laughs> come out with, they'll be like, oh, nah, you know, we've seen this happen before. Mm. And a lot of the time, they'll, you know, they might be working with 15, 20, may even be 100 of, um, you know, the same sort of businesses. Yeah. These fellas out there that just, they just coach construction businesses. Yeah. Um, and then if you say to them, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, they'll be like, nah, it doesn't work. We've mm. got 100 other businesses here that have tried it. Don't waste your time and money. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. I feel like um in in our industry, especially like smaller businesses, that's probably something that a lot of a lot of guys don't really think about, you know. Um, because it's easy to get I think that's something with the trades because it we kind of enjoy what we do so much, it's hard to see that thing um kind of separate it and see it as a business and a and purely as that um instead of like oh yeah you know it's what i'm good at i love doing it it's like yeah i'll, I'll kind of i'll wing it and um i yeah. should make some money but yeah um have you found i mean obviously you love building but have you found being a being a businessman now and kind of trying to step back and have some perspective have you found any sort of any change in your relationship to to your trade at all or do you kind of see yourself now as uh, a business owner or I mean I know uh, that's a big thing you know trying to let the business run itself instead of uh, yeah running the business. try and be try and be a um, owner instead of an operator that's right sort of scenario. yeah yeah um, yeah and to be fair 
you know, like some days I'll be in the office and I won't even get out of the office. I'll be doing quotes or talking to suppliers and, you know, and then you have to go out for a meeting and, like, yeah, I quite enjoy putting on the old, the old nice R.M. Williams boots and a pair of jeans and a dress shirt and going down and having cu- cups of coffee with a supplier. But then, like, that's all good till lunchtime. But then after lunch, like, you know, I'm pretty happy to chuck on the old rugby shorts and a high vis singlet. Yeah. Throw the tool belt on and just get back into it. You know, there's, yeah. I don't know, there's just something about being on sight of all the lads and just winding everyone up, you know, like you do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And, you know, you go out for meetings with other business owners and everyone's all sort of pretty well-spoken and polite and all the rest of it, but it's always good um, getting back on site and, you know, calling the apprentice a dickhead. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. If you, if, you said, if you said that to probably another supplier or something, you'd probably you'd be paying the worst price in, in history for their product because you called them a dickhead. But, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I find the old business chats just a bit dry and a bit lame whereas you know it's yeah getting out having a having a bit of you know filthy chat and, <laughs> and giving everyone a bit of stick yeah it's always good fun isn't it yeah definitely yeah and i think especially if you if you started on the tools and um you know you enjoy your trade uh when you've got your belt on and you know you're hammering away you feel productive you feel like you're getting something yeah. done and you know i can imagine when you're sort of doing the other side of it where you're kind of tinkering behind the scenes and you're putting in a whole lot of time and you don't really feel like you're getting much done i know even on a small scale that's what i feel like sometimes when i'm running jobs that i'm running now it's like you know it, it gets a lot 1.30 and you haven't even put your belt on, it's like, man, I've done nothing today. Uh, yeah. And it, it doesn't, you don't feel quite as, um, quite a, a sense of accomplishment as what you might do if you've just been cracking away since 7.30. But um, I guess yeah, that's... Yeah, it can be a bit demoralising, can it? <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's all part of it. You know, someone's got to do it, don't they? Um, well, yeah, and it, it is it is important too, like, don't get me wrong, it is important to have that stuff set up in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you start getting, you know, new team members involved with your business and things like that, like you do sort of need some systems. Otherwise, they'll turn up. They'll want to do things different uh, the way you do it. Yeah. And, you know, it might just be as simple as, um, you know, you might have two guys working on either ends of the house and then they meet in the middle and you look at each side and you're like, shit you guys have done things completely different and that looks retarded. One <laughs> side's like this and one side's like that. Yeah. Like, you know, and then what do you do now? Mm. Um, you can't just leave it like that. Your client's probably paying big bickies for that house and, you know, maybe weather pro, maybe weather tight and the rest of it, but it's still going to be aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So what do, what do you think? What's the future for Sean, for your business, what's your what's your goals? I mean, you said before you had a five year plan. You know, how do you yeah. how do you see yourself developing? I mean, especially in construction, things can change overnight. You know, and the way we do things and the kind of direction we headed. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't quote me on this, but you know, I'm sure you didn't think when you first started up you'd be you know running your own cladding business. It's funny how things kind of take you here and yeah. there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. Opportunities present themselves, and away you go. But 
what's your best guess at the sort of future for you and for um for your business uh well yeah i'd like to think that we could um you know we could start expanding to um other regions we're sort of hoping that we could um start looking at that this year um yeah and start putting in some some real good systems in the business that it could basically run from you know anyone could pick it up and just run with it yeah uh, from this covid situation at the moment we're not sure whether that would happen this year or not but we're just going to keep our eyes on the prize really um, yeah. keep boxing away um, yeah. and i think it's you know we've we've got a couple of lads here uh, involved with our team and one fellas from Gisborne and things like that and we've had other boys from North Island as well um, would be cool you know if we could expand we had a couple of branches around New Zealand that you know if they wanted to stay within the business but they wanted to go back home yeah. you know you could basically just reshuffle them within your business Yeah. Um, you know they don't have to leave try and find new jobs and you know, if they, if they already know what they're doing, and they're doing a good job. Like, I think you could, you could, you know, make a job for them somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think being able to being able to like present an opportunity like that to to some other lads, you know, if they say, oh, "I want to, want to," you know, "I want to go to Auckland and work up there," like, or "Do you want to go work for our Auckland branch?" I, yeah. I reckon. Being able to present that to someone would be pretty sweet, really. Yeah, definitely. Do, do you, so, so you you obviously think that's achievable within your kind of um, your business frame. You know, your your um, you could pretty well translate what you're doing anywhere around the country. I mean, you've got your suppliers, don't you? Um, and you've got sort of bigger contracts, I guess. Yeah, those yeah those guys you're contracting to are probably got jobs all over the shop so is that kind of where you yeah at? yeah yeah that yeah that's um that's one way we could go about it and um and then or just um just try and start generating interest and in, you know through advertising and things like that until you know we had enough interest in a particular area where you could say you know you know it'd be warrant you know starting a team there or yeah you know even if it was um like maybe even like a franchise sort of idea where, yeah. you know, someone else it was still their their baby and you know they were they were going to work in it and they do their thing in that area and they just basically you know whether they pay a royalty or they buy a territory or something like that but you know like that um that sort of own that area and and they'd run it themselves and would, yeah. Would, would give them all the all the support and all the manuals and everything like that that we had on file to say, hey, this is this is how we do it. This is how it works. Yeah. This is um you know right down to this is how you do your pricing to you know this is the questions we ask at interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're building a model that can be uh, put out there. Just du- yeah. Just du- duplicated, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, it it definitely works for other businesses, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, look how big McDonald's is. <laughs> yeah, build that's right. You can they they don't build the best burgers, do they? No. Their burgers are pretty shit. But yeah, the, <laughs> it wouldn't matter if you had one here or in Singapore; it'd be exactly the same. Yeah, people gonna turn up hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, and, and they recognise the building, the 
big golden M. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the burgers, burgers still average, but it's the same as what you get anywhere else. So you're like, oh yeah, we'll run with that. <laughs> Hopefully, you can be a bit better than average and the same as where you get everywhere else. But uh, oh, you'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you will be. Oh, cool. yeah. oh, that's good. So, um, what do you reckon? I mean, obviously, you've given me some of some of what your mentors have kind of passed on to you, but um, what would you say, kind of to wrap it up here? What would you say? Some things that you've learned either the hard way or just yourself or through experience that you'd pass on to maybe the younger younger generation or um, people coming up thinking about doing yeah. something you've done? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, uh, particularly in business, is just don't be a cock. Like, <laughs> no yeah. one likes dealing with a cock. So look, yeah. if, if you're just going to be a dick the whole time, not you just you're going to drive your own business into the ground. Yeah, and if you know, if and if people have a shit experience, they're going to talk to someone else, and before you know it, you're going to like this is going to be a prime example of this um, COVID nineteen. Yes, coming out the other side of this. If you've been hard work to deal with beforehand, people people just can't be bothered. There's that much stress and that mm-hmm. flying around at the moment with, mm. you know, people don't know whether they still get jobs. People have been on 80% of their pay. People are only being in the 580, the yeah. subsidy thing. Everyone's already freaking out and stressed out to the max. And then you're going to turn up and be a dick. They're just going to tell you to, you know, jog on. Yeah, that's so right. I think that's, that's one of the biggest things. And like, we've always tried to maintain reasonably good relationships with our suppliers and, you know, like if you're in the yard and picking something up at your supplier and like even the yard boy, like oh, I usually try and have a yarn with them and yeah. oh yeah, what have you been up to for the weekend and stuff like that. And you know, like I go in the yard now and all the all the lads know you by name and they're like, Oh, how are you getting on? And yeah. Like I could go into the shop and I'd say, Oh, I want ten lengths of four with two and I have to go pick up a ruler for the apprentice. I'll come out and those lengths of four with two will be on my trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll do that for you, whereas if you're just a dick, they'll just sit there and wait for you to come out and they'll expect you to tie it on. Yeah, that's and right. put it all on yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when it comes down to it, you know, if someone's like, oh, do you know of anyone that can help us out with this, your name's going to be on top of the list, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Especially the guy that was a dick. So, yeah. I think at the end of the day, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to come out with more work than what, you know, anyone else would just because you've been a good bastard. Yeah, yeah, just that word of mouth, eh? That goes uh, yep. f- further than what a lot of people, what a lot of people think. I reckon. Yep. Yeah, I reckon that that reaches a lot more people than Facebook advertising. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say definitely. Yeah, well, people yeah. that actually, people that actually care at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you think of it just from a sort of a client side of it. You know, if someone that you trust is is looking you straight in the eye and saying, "Hey, this is the the crew to go with." Then yeah. uh, I think that carries so much more weight than you know seeing a sign on the side of the road or you know even something on the radio like oh you know build with yeah. us and we'll give you a free fridge. It's like yeah I don't know how much how many people have fallen for that. You know I think yeah def- definitely in our industry one thing I've learned from working for smaller businesses is that um, yeah go with go with people that you can trust and that are sort of. Um, have good references. You can't go wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And now I think the next, next biggest thing would probably be for a business point of view would be your cash flow. I think 
Yeah. Um, yeah, just try and just maintain good cash flow. Yeah. And, you know, go see your accountant, go get a business coach, whatever you need to do. But, you know, just um, have a conversation around that. When we first started, the accountant said, you know, for all your smaller jobs, for private clients, you know, try and do, um, talk to them and see if they'll do, you know, seven-day invoices where you get paid basically straight away. Yeah. You're not waiting until the 20th of the month. And then if you don't get paid, now you can't pay your suppliers, you know, and then you look like a bit of a twat. It's all, it's all pretty hard work. So yeah, if you can keep your cash flow tripping away and revolving, um, you're in a better position. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, probably the day you start your business, don't go straight down to the Ford dealership and buy yourself a brand new Ford Ranger because <laughs> chances are I'll buy it off you in, um, in about two years' time when the tax man comes knocking on your door and I'll buy it off you for bugger all for my foreman. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe we tell people to do that so there's uh, there's more work Buy out some there. Buy trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's more work out there for people like you. Yeah. 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 And uh, pay, the, pay the tax, man, because yeah. um, I think they've got a higher interest rate than what the bank will. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're horrific. Yeah. So just keep chipping money away. You think you'll be doing mint for the first couple, well, the first year, eighteen months, and then um, then you'll get a massive bill. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, get yeah. ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, this has been cool. If you want to um, give a wee plug to your business, then um, then go for it, man. Um, oh yes. Any contact cool. details or anything you want to throw out there to the uh, to the world? Get into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, we're called Total Clad Limited, um, and we we just specialise in the cladding, outside cladding of houses. So uh, whether it's a reclad, you know, if you've got a terrible old plaster that leaks, we can come in and we can get rid of that, take it all down and um, have it replaced with a, a cladding of your choice. Uh, we've got... Uh, our own consultants and that in house now where we can we can meet with you and discuss um, options around your cladding whether you want a um, you know a, a cladding a certain particular look an architectural look or a classic look we've got different options for those and we can just sort of discuss around the the uh, things like maintenance and uh, you know if, if you've got a big batch that's on a on a beach right outside from Auckland, you know, we can discuss options on, uh, you know, what's going to be best for longevity and, and low maintenance, knowing what's going to be batch just to freaking paint the thing. No. So, yeah, so uh, anything like that, we can always um, we can always have a discussion around that. And then we've got a couple of, a couple of teams as well that will um, come in and get the job done with a... You know, sometimes it's uh, more beneficial to chuck two teams in there to get in and out. Or, um, yeah, sometimes it's just, just the one team's all that's needed. So I don't think, yeah, sounds pretty cliche, but I don't think any job's really too big or too small. Yeah. Um, and so the best way to get a hold of us is um, totalclad.co.nz. Yeah, that's, um, that's us. So that's, that's what we do. Awesome. Yeah. 
Oh, cheers for that, Sean. It's been a good chat. Oh, I appreciate, no appreciate you coming on and um, it's good to talk to you. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point and um, there's plenty more to, more to yarn about. So, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for being a part of it. Appreciate your no um, participation and we'll, um, we'll see you on the next one. Okay, excellent. So, thanks, Adam. Much appreciated. Man. Okay, see you. All right. Thanks for listening, friend. If, like me, you enjoy conversations about the love of building and creating, then please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review at wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much to Sean for coming on. You can check out what he's up to at totalclad.co.nz. Thanks again to you for your time. You can follow me on Instagram at chipawaycarpenter to keep up to date with what's happening on the podcast. And until next one, keep chipping away.